Welcome to the Stepping Into She podcast. It's your girl and your host, Courtney, creator of Stepping Into She. And I'm so excited to bring this episode to you today. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Stepping Into She podcast. I'm here with an amazing guest today. I'm super excited to chat with her. So I cannot wait for you all to hear her story and all of the things that she does. So I want to introduce you all to Yanis. Hi. Yes. Thank you so much for having me, Courtney. I'm really excited for this conversation. Um, I love talking all things, you know, women and business and marketing. A little bit about me is I am a first-generation Latina. Um, I am currently a recruitment marketing manager at Meta. Um, and I do just a lot of other fun things on the side. Um, you know, I'm a painter. You know, I love, I live in, you know, the sunshine state of Florida, which we talked about. So I love being out on the water and the sun. Um, you know, I have been in Tampa, Florida for about, for almost 20 years now. Um, I got my degree, my undergraduate degree in marketing at the University of South Florida. And then I later went on to get my master's in business administration with a concentration in global business management. So that's um, awesome. I, yeah. So I really, you know, I love marketing. I love what I do. Um, but it's not entirely who I am, right? As we discuss of, you know, um, just, I love diving into, you know, community empowerment, um, you know, doing what I can to uplift others and, and, you know, creating spaces for people. So that's what I'm really passionate about. I love that. And I think that is one of the things that attracted me to, to you and all of the things that you post and share is just the creating space. I love when you know women can put something out there and invite other people into a to a safe, comfortable um, space that's full of positivity, but also promotion and progress and progression and all of that. So I think that's amazing, um, and thank you for that. <laughs> I definitely yeah. want to thank you for that. Um, so you you gave us an intro of who you are, and I love mm -hmm. just getting to know the person behind. Like you said, everything you do is not just who you are. So talk right. to us about your journey of just becoming I know um you've talked about creating spaces and being a motivational speaker what was that journey like to getting to that point yeah so I would definitely say that my community involvement has pretty much been engraved in ingrained in me since I was a little girl I grew up in the church um when I was in high school I started um taking not just regular mission trips but my first international mission trip was in 11th grade um, to Juan Cavalica, Peru, right? Um, so, you know, for me, mission work, community work um, has been a part of my life since the beginning. When I went to USF or when I got to USF, I ended up joining a Latina sorority, Lambda Theta Alpha Latin sorority. And that just kind of took my I would say community involvement to the next level and really kind of defining of who I am, what I wanted my impact to be and how I would be able to serve my community. And it was really hard actually, um, you know, people are always like, oh, you know, you're, you lead and you talk and you do things. And imagine being put in a leadership position at the age of what, 18, 19, you know, That's I crazy. definitely <laughs> was not, I, I laugh about this now because, you know, I was the internal vice president of, um, you know, the Greek council, council fraternity and sorority life. 
And I look back now and people kind of remember me for those things. And I'm like, man, I was a horrible leader, but I have to give myself so much grace because, you know, I was 19, 20 years old. And so for me, I kind of just, as I grew up, um, I would say around the age of like 24, um, they say that we go through you know, periods and moments in life where it's kind of like a reawakening or like a rebirth. And I would say that that's when my kind of awakening into womanhood happened. And I really kind of just evaluated, you know, the last 10 years of my life and said, okay, even though I've held titles and I've held positions and I've accomplished things like, you know, getting degrees, you know, what was my impact, right? What was my Mm. value? And you know, was I proud of, you know, the type of leader I was and or was becoming? And to be and to be honest and, and transparent, at that time, the answer was no. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that was simply because, you know, I really looked at leadership from a position of power as opposed to a position of impact. And I really, you know, used that time in my life to, you know, connect with my peers, connect with my mentors and really say, okay, how can I get, you know, these, this leadership down packed? And really what it came down to was, you know, relationships. And that's something I talk about so much on my platform is making meaningful connections. And so I realized that even though I was in these leadership positions, I was speaking and I was doing engagements, I really wasn't making the meaningful connections part, right? Because, you know, I was more so focused on what the title or what kind of position of power was as opposed to, okay, what's the human connection there, right? Mm. How can I, you know, make connections that will have a meaningful impact for years to come? And so that was a really big pivot for me in my life of just learning how to really connect with people and using those connections to then right? Amplify my voice or my message and, you know, what I really wanted to communicate to the world. Mm, I love that. There was so many (laughs) things that you shared that I was like, wow, that's amazing. Like at 18, 19, you're in a leadership position, (laughs) kind of like at the peak of time where people are just figuring out, like not even just who they are, just kind of like coming in into the world in a different way. So for you to kind of go into that and you started your trips very early. So it seems like your purpose and, and passion was kind of like woven into all of that throughout your experience, which is amazing. Um, and I love how you said, what was my impact or value at 24? Like, <laughs> like right. even now, like at 32, I don't even know if I fully asked myself that question. Um, so right. for you to be aware of that at 24 is amazing. Um, and you talked a little bit about meaningful connections. Was there a particular connection that helped you kind of move toward thinking that making those meaningful connections are important or someone who kind of came in and helped you kind of pivot and reshape how you looked at maybe either the path you were on, the direction you wanted to go into, or just how you looked at the situation? So both. Um, it was around that time in my life where I wasn't my friendships were not doing too well. Mm -hmm. And so the lack of friendships and connections that I was having in my personal life told me that I was the one that needed to make the change. Mm -hmm. 
because even though people respected me and yes, I had like these positions and titles, they didn't always like me. And at, you know, 24 years old, I was like, I was, you know, going through life and, you know, going to places and going to events. And I'm like, I'm not, am I even really liked, you know what I'm saying? Mm. And do I even want to be a person, you know, some people like that, you know, fear and intimidation and, you know, that standoffish, you know, energy. And for me, it just didn't resonate with me anymore. It didn't serve me because for me, it was a tool that I used to protect myself, right? It was a defense mechanism to have Mm -hmm. a wall and to not be vulnerable and to not really be my authentic self. And so it was at that point and losing people in my life that I was like, you know what? I really don't want to have this wall up. I want to have connection. I want to have community um, and really, you know, build my future. Uh, It was that and a mix of, I have always had very strong mentors um, and leader figures in my life. Um, and I think, you know, like you said, you know, people see something in me that even sometimes I don't see in myself. And I've had that since, you know, I was much younger, uh, whether it be, you know, teachers or instructors of, of some sort, but, um, I would definitely say like leaders within my sorority really were the first kind of like Latina mentors that I had, because I did not really grow up in a community with a lot of Latinos. I grew up, you know, in California, where it was a primarily, you know, Asian and um, white American uh, environment. And then I went to high school in Virginia, where it was uh, primarily African Americans that I was around. And so it really wasn't until moving to Florida and going into college that I was around, you know, my own culture and being around other Latina women. And then, you know, I know we're probably going to talk about this, but my first ever marketing job um, was my current mentor. um, You know, her name is Katie Spileski. Her maiden name is Jimenez. But she is the first person that gave me a shot at marketing because, you know, I graduated during the recession and it was a struggle. I was not getting into the marketing field at all. Mm. And she straight up told me, she was like, you do not have the most experience. You have the least experience. (laughs) And she was like, but you're teachable and you're moldable. And, you know, you have a passion and a drive and you're willing, you know, to get boots on the ground, you know, to, to do this and to get into the marketing field. And so that's why I'm going to give you this shot you know, and so it was a a Latina who really was, you know, from a professional standpoint and a, and a corporate standpoint who gave me my first opportunity and who also mentored me and taught me the ropes, um, you know, within my career. So, um, definitely, you know, can contribute a lot of, you know, just my success and opportunities to Latina women, who have opened doors for me, who have made connections for me, um, and who have really just taught me a lot about business and life. I love that. Uh, <laughs> I love the story of how she just came to you and was like, you don't have experience, no. but that's okay. <laughs> and I think um, I, I think mentors that that allow space for growth and, and progress and progression exactly. is, is important because I think a lot of times we assume that we come into our professional spaces with all of this understanding because we've been in school. But in reality, sometimes 
it, it may not be what we need. And just having right. someone to give you the space to do that and give you the chance to do that. And you, I'm sure that first experience was like, this is amazing, but <laughs> this is crazy. right. That's right. awesome. <laughs> I love that. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about the self-care piece and then come back to some of the work that you do. As I know you talked about you know, being on your journey and all of the things that you've been through. Um, how has your journey of self-love and self-care um, contributed to the path you're on now? I've heard you talk a little bit about that and just how that is a part of your daily process and your, and your, your daily routine. So how has that contributed to, to where you are showing up now? Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I want to put this disclaimer out. There's a lot of you know, criticisms that go out to what really makes someone successful, right? Is it the skill or is it the mindset, you know? And people have their own perspectives and takes on what it really takes to get to the next level. Um, for me personally, the skill set was never is an issue because I am a hard worker by birth. Um, you know, I know that I am intelligent. Um, I know that I am educated. I know that I put in the work. And so for me, it was a never a question of if I could do something. It was more so the reason why I talk so much about self-development and self-love, because the only thing that ever held me back was my belief system in myself. It wasn't ever that, you know, I did, I wasn't good at marketing or that I couldn't fulfill a task. It was always, um, you know, for me personally, I always wanted to do, and I see, and I feel this when entrepreneurs um, say this is that a lot of times, you know, high achieving women are jack of all trades and they have a lot of interests. We have a lot of interests. We have a lot of things that we're really good at. And we have a lot of choices, right? As far as like the path we can take. And something that my mentor told me one time, and she got real with me, the same one that gave me my first job. Um, you know, once she, she had worked with me and developed me into a leader, um, you know, on management level at this point, you know, she told me, she was like, you know, you have one foot in the door and one foot out the door. And she was like, you know, it's not that you, sh you can't have other interests or other businesses or other projects going on, but if you really want to take your career to the next level, you have to be all in. And, you know, specifically speaking for women who are in the corporate world, um, you know, for a corporation or a leader to give you what you want, you know, give you the salary that you want. Um, the benefits that you want, the responsibility that you want, they really have to be bought in to your dedication to the team and to the work and to the impact um, of the work that you're doing. And so for me, it was, okay, I'm really good at marketing, but I just never was all in, you know, and I had to ask myself, why am I not all in, you know, mm -hmm. is it a fear of failure? Is it a fear of, you know, if I pick one thing, you know, does that define the rest of my life? Um, in reality, I'm asking, you know, to make a certain amount of money, but is there some type of limiting belief that I don't feel worthy of that? And so those are all things that I had to ask myself 
of, okay, what's stopping me from getting to that next level? And there are things that I worked on, um, you know, whether it be with therapists, with coaches, shoot, I even did hypnotism before, you know, oh, like wow. as a form of, you know, just a mindset reset. Um, and so, yeah, so that's a little bit of, you know, behind the why I um, focus on self-development, because for me, whoever's tuning into this podcast already has the skill set. Like they're already driven. They're already hard workers. They're already tapping into like self-education, self-development. And so why are they listening to the podcast? It's because they're likely trying to find inspiration, mm -hmm. confirmation, mm -hmm. or, you know, a light bulb that really is going to take them to that next level. And so why I speak on those things is because I know my audience. My audience is smart women and, and driven and passionate women who really just needs that extra push. And for someone to say, hey, I'm just like you. And if I can do it, so can you. And so that is, you know, really the meaning behind why I teach the way that I teach. There was so many things that you said <laughs> in that piece that resonated with me. And I know it'll resonate with those listening um, but the, the first thing you said was the jack of all trades, motivated, high functioning women can be all, can have all of these interests and be all of these things, but right. you're not connected to one and that can be hard. And I think you laid it out perfectly <laughs> for those who might be in that space of trying to figure that out. And I think as you were talking through that, I was thinking like, wow, we struggle with that sometimes because you get afraid that you're going to get boxed in if you stay, if you commit to one thing and you right, stay exactly. on one thing. And I think it's amazing that you can just share that it's okay to not just focus on one thing, but then I think it's also okay to just, sometimes you want to pull back from that and focus on another thing, but just be in that, be all in it yeah. and, and be committed to that. Well, I think it's okay to have, you know, uh, to be good at a lot of different things, but I truly believe that you have to go all in on one thing. Hmm. If you really want to get to the next level, you have to, because the thing is, is that when you are spreading yourself between, you know, three businesses, right? Or even two businesses, you're giving 50, 50, okay. you know what I'm saying? And you're never giving 100%. And so for me, if you are stuck, right? Or you are trying to figure out how to get to that next level and you're not giving 110%, not 100%, 110%, then that is where your problem lies. That is the gap right now because you are trying to be a, an influencer. You are trying to do multiple streams of income. You still haven't left your corporate job. You know, you're a mom, you know, you're, you're spreading yourself in all of these different directions, which isn't allowing you to nurture your path to nurture and to become an expert in this one thing. And allow yourself to do that. Allow yourself to become the expert. Allow yourself to elevate, to get to the next level. And then you can add something on. Mm -hmm. Then you can, you know, venture off into new businesses or new projects because you know the work that it takes to get there. If you are not there yet, then you should not be spreading yourself into all of these different projects if you have not yet conquered and mastered one lane. That is 
advice that I am going to definitely take (laughs) (laughs) into my life and apply that to (laughs) I'm on because that was amazing I think that was that that advice just resonated so much and and thank you for that (laughs) thank you for that um yeah there was so many things you said in that and I I definitely want to make sure um, <laughs> that we highlight this that piece because I think that is the piece that women um, who might be in that position are looking to hear and, and need to hear. So thank you for sharing that. And thank you for sharing that as a part of your story as well. Yeah. Um, I think that is amazing. So kind of shifting gears a little bit, we talked about um, kind of your path here and some of the things that you went through and how you kind of grew into this role. Um, one of the things you've touched on earlier was just the the change in location and the diversity that you kind of um, lived in, but also having to re- kind of reconnect and live amongst um, Latinos or Latinas in, in mm-hmm. Florida. So talk to us about that, the diversity piece and creating that space for Latinas in tech. And um, why was that important for you to inspire others in that meaningful way and, and create the space specifically for Latinas in tech? Yeah, so, you know, for me, I think, you know, I I touched a little bit about on this, um, you know, joining a Latina sorority, you know, the reason why I chose to join a Latina sorority was really to find a connection to my culture. You know, I was born in the race, you know, as a first generation, I was born and raised in the United States, you know, and so my mother and my father, my grandparents, they were born and raised in Puerto Rico. And so they were born and raised into a culture that I was not necessarily, you know, born and raised into. Mm -hmm. Um, My dad is a retired Marine. So, you know, at eight months, we moved to California and we were stationed in multiple military bases. I actually moved every three years until the age of 18. And so every time we moved, I had to build myself again. I had to form friendships all over again. I had to build relationships from scratch in communities where, you know, some kids have known each other their whole lives, you know, like some kids, have gone to elementary and middle school together. And I was just always the new kid on the block. And so not only was I not rooted in my culture, but I really wasn't rooted in anything, to be honest. And so joining Lambda Theta Alpha, it gave me the opportunity to really be part of something that I had never, you know, really been a part of um, in the sense of like community and culture. Mm. And, you know, joining a Latina sorority with so many, you know, Latinas from different backgrounds, um, you know, whether they are Cuban descent or Mexican descent, um, you know, Puerto Rican descent, uh, there's Nicaragua, you know, Mm -hmm. there were so many, you know, it really kind of opened my eyes to the diversity within, you know, our own Latin culture. Um, And then, like I said, that bred a lot of my mentors, you know, who were Latina, you know, and even going into, you know, my first corporate role in marketing, she was Puerto Rican, um, you know, just like me. And so I think that in addition to being Latina, I looked at the women who really helped make me who I am today, who really were the ones 
who amplified my voice when I felt like I didn't have one. And so I felt like it was just, you know, my duty and my calling. Um, and it was just the right thing to do to pay it forward and do that for my own community. And so I think that's like where that passion really breeds from. Yeah, I, I appreciate you sharing that, you know, in that space was where you kind of grew your voice in that it was safe and it was supported and it blossomed. Right. And I think having that and then creating that for other women in that space is amazing. I think that yeah. that's so beautiful. And I that's really the epitome of just knowing your passion, being on your path to purpose and just knowing how the gifts that you have, how you can kind of create that and share that with other people. So I think that's awesome. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Um, and I also think it's important that as you share, like there's diversity within culture. So just right. you know, having that too, that's also important. I don't think people realize that as much, mm -hmm. um, but I think it's great that you're, you're sharing that. Um, so you kind of talked a little bit about how you got into marketing um, and you talked about your current role now, but based on your journey, what advice can you kind of give some of our listeners who might be looking to get into the field of marketing, um, who might need an additional push, who might have that fear or just trying to figure out what that leadership looks like? Um, um, so in terms of, you know, people wanting to get into the marketing field, I think it's, it's all about and serving. And so what I mean by that is, you know, you have to practice your skill set on a daily basis in order to really, you know, build your confidence and build your knowledge and expertise. Marketing is something that yes, you can get a degree in, but you really don't need it. What you need to do is actually execute and and practice, you know, these skill sets, you know, whether it be you know, launching ads or, you know, doing paid search and keywords, um, you know, taking Google Analytics courses, um, you know, there's really so much way, so many ways to stay up to date because marketing is constantly evolving. It's constantly growing. Um, you know, the marketing techniques of six months ago, not the same marketing techniques, right. <laughs> you know, that there are today, you know, look at how fast TikTok up, you know, uh, and that's an entire marketing channel for businesses to now advertise on or even just use organically for reach um, that didn't exist a few years ago. Um, mm -hmm. And so what that's what I mean by I said, like just being in the work. And the, the second thing I said was serving, right? And so mm -hmm. for me, I had to do years of serving people and doing marketing and consulting for free before I was ever even paid, you know, <laughs> to do what I do. And you have to be willing to sometimes humble yourself and serve, you know, give people content on social media, teach people strategy, you know, um, want to intern, you know, um, I was running people's social media accounts and just doing and creating posts for them and going to events and, and, and doing live content at events um, all before I was even getting paid to do it just because I was really hungry, you know, for a job. And at this point, again, I did during a recession and people, one, were not really hiring. And if they were hiring, they were paying, there were job openings that were paying like 38K a year. And I had a college degree. 
That's crazy. What do you think about that? (laughs) Yes. It was literally insane. Um, I, I knew that in order to make what I wanted to make, um, and to have a living to get my experience up and I needed to get my skill set up. And the only way I could do that was to, Hey, I just graduated with my marketing degree. Would you let me run your, your social media account? Or, Mm -hmm. Hey, do you need um, help with events? Or, Hey, can I help you out with your marketing strategy? And I started building, you know, brand mission through for yourself, you know, my own personal brand started to grow as a marketer um, mm. in Tampa, just because people knew that I served and that I was always willing to help um, entrepreneurs and businesses. And so, you know, just never be above serving others um, is definitely what I would say. And, and again, that been 10%, you have to be willing to go all in you have to be willing to, you know, do the work, uh, gain the knowledge, you know, t- there's plenty of free courses and even LinkedIn has, you know, courses online. So there's really no excuse for you to be an expert in your field. Hmm. Able to serve and humble yourself is definitely something that is important that I've experienced in just my career path and my personal path as well, mm-hmm. just to getting into where you want the spaces and the careers mm-hmm. that you want. Um, but in, in marketing now it's, I, I don't know if you've seen this or it may be because I'm kind of on the outside looking in, it seems like it's hard for, um, those interested in that field to kind of take some of the unpaid positions because of the, the height of influencing and all of that. So for someone who might be growing up in this stage and age and might be getting, um, their feet in the door, what would you say to, to someone who's looking at like social media and might be saying like, hey, these people are getting paid. Why do I have to do this? <laughs> right. Well, influencers and marketers are two different things. So influ- influencers are not necessarily marketers. Um, yes, they are doing a marketing strategy, which consists of influencing, but really an influencer is a creative. It's a creator. Mm-hmm. A marketer is a strategist. And so a lot of times people confuse the two and they put marketing as a creator, but really is very, very strategic. Um, It's all about statistics. You know, it's all rate of return. And so marketers, you know, I was in charge of million dollar budgets, you know, you know, from the onset of my you know, career and you are responsible for the company on that million dollars. And you do so by one, there is a creative aspect of, right, of creating campaigns, right? But that's also strategy is strategizing your messaging is strategizing um, and the voice of the brand and what works for your customer. It's about your value proposition. So it's about what you're going to offer and the services you provide, customer service, you know, all the way through it, it's the entire customer journey um, that marketing is responsible for. Marketing is a customer's first and last touch point because it's its first introduction to the brand. And then it's also going to be the reason um, that someone refers your brand to someone else. And so 
analytics, you're analyzing data, you're analyzing traffic to the website, um, you're analyzing clicks. So how much money you're spending, comparing it to clicks um, and conversions, and then you're optimizing A-B testing um, and then converting. And so a strategist position. An influencer is a creator. They are creative. So they are finding ways to tell a story for a brand. Um, so if there's someone comparing the two, I would definitely say like, that's your first mistake. You shouldn't be comparing the two. Um, and to be honest, if we want to go there, really influencers first start off by creating for free mm. um, before they ever get paid or get brand deals. Um, and so they are practicing their storytelling. They are practicing gaining followers. They are practicing their photo editing skills and their creativity skills before they ever get that brand um, deal. And so um, I think that, you know, when it comes to serving, I was serving, but I was still making. So out, when I got out of college, willing to take the 38K um, salary, I actually started my career in education. So um, I started off as an academic advisor um, for it, which was oftentimes the black and brown community. And so I always honed into what I was good at, which is communication, it's, um, you know, relationships. And so I was still honing in on all of the skill sets that I naturally had. Um, while I was working on what I wanted to do, which was marketing. So while I was in education, that was my nine to five. I was, you know, on my free weekends doing marketing work for other brands and businesses until I was able to pivot. Yes. Cause I was going to say, thank you for clearing that up. I think, um, there is definitely a, a miseducation on the two. And like you said, people definitely, loop them together and use yeah. them synonymously when they are actually two different things. Um, mm -hmm. So thank you for clearing that up. <laughs> um, and I love that you just shared that you were actually, you know, you didn't take that salary, but you were still doing what you loved on the side, but you were able to find your skill set in that nine to five. And I think that's a big piece. Right. I think sometimes if you are working a nine to five and running a business on the side or just honing your craft on the side, you want to make sure that you still find ways to, to um, sharpen your skill set in that right. position. That's kind of like funding you until you're ready to make that pivot. So I think Absolutely. that advice is amazing. Um, strategist, because that's what you are. <laughs> yes. um, what are some things that listeners should consider when thinking through you know, just marketing, but really just point of you want to kind of elevate, keep moving up to the next steps. I know you talked a little bit about, you know, that you are now at Meta and, you know, the journey that you've been on. Um, what are some of the steps kind of when you're after you get to that, like initial first intro point to where you kind of continue to grow? So I think growth, um, it goes back to the, you know, the same mental thing that I, that I'm preaching since minute on this podcast and that is 110% into your craft uh not have to ask me to take marketing courses or read marketing books I do that on my own because I do what I love so one it's aligning with is this you love you know a lot of people will will pick a career and it won't really be aligned to doing what they love because 
if you are struggling in it, if you're not naturally good at it, or you lack motivation, then maybe that is not the career for you. Um, I forced myself to be motivated to do my work because I naturally wake up in the morning motivated to be a better marketer. Um, so if you follow me on social media, you know, right now I'm reading a book called the branding story. And so I'm always looking, um, ways to improve my skill set. Part of my, um, is also reading articles. So I am signed up for the stacked marketer and it's a 10, 10 to 15 minute read, like the updates, innovations, and changes that I should be in the know when it comes to advertising techniques. So, you know, in addition to that, you know, I take courses, I'm, I'm getting certifications and no one is asking or telling me to do it. I am motivated myself. And so that's what I mean by when I say you are putting in 100% effort into your skill set, into your field. That's what I mean, is that you wake up motivated every single day to be better than what you were the previous day. Um, so I would say that is the number one key in just growing in any field, honestly, not just marketing. That you shared that even in your role, you're still learning. And I think yes. that is a definitely definitely amazing part of growth. Um, what about how you got here and you shared some tips for our listeners. So as you continue to build, what is in store for you in the upcoming year? What are the things that you are working on um, to really grow just your brand and your career path? Yeah, that's such a great question. Um, so right now I do offer, um, you know, consulting services, mainly for entrepreneurs and, and small businesses that are already established. Um, and so for me, I think, um, something that I am working on is definitely going to be, uh, an ebook, um, you know, hope, yeah, I definitely <laughs> want to come out with a published ebook. Um, so I, I definitely see a lot more writing in my future, um, probably more so than talking, <laughs> Okay, uh, but, <laughs> but, you know, like everyone else where I'm super hard on myself and I always want to make sure like, do I know enough? Right. Or am I, you know, like an, an expert enough to be able to write something or to publish? But um, that's definitely what I see as, as the foreseeable next step in my future um, in terms of just like growth and career. Oh, I love that. We're going to definitely be looking forward to the ebook because stay tuned for that. That will definitely be on the on the on the 2023, 2024. Yes. Track. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, um, in line with the Stepping Into She podcast, share with our listeners what Stepping Into She means to you. Stepping Into She is really just um, allowing and giving yourself permission, permission to stepping into the highest version of yourself. Um, and that is just authentically you, um, but an elevated version of yourself. Um, definitely think it's okay to make mistakes and have doubts, but really honing into and, and even writing out, um, when listening, you know, making that a journal entry, uh, I've done this several times where I write out like who is version of me? Who is the next level Janice? What does she look like? 
what kind of car does she drive? Um, what does she listen to? You know, what does her home and family look like? Is she married? Does she have kids? You know, how much money does she make? Mm -hmm. And I have done that exercise over and over again, um, because the more you do it, the more real it becomes to you. And so then I think the stepping into she part, right, is then just giving yourself permission and grace to be able to step into that version of yourself. Mm. Giving yourself permission <laughs> and grace to step into that version of yourself. Yes. <laughs> I and love that. You can. Yeah. You have yes. to believe that you can, because if it, if it doesn't feel real to you, you, you know, so you really have to make it feel real to you. Yeah. That's definitely, definitely a good point. Yes. Thank you. So as we are finishing up here, let our listeners know how they can connect with you, how they can work with you, where they can find you. Um, if they are in the Tampa area and, and they want to be a part of community, how can they be a part of that? Tell Connect with me, um, you know, professionally via LinkedIn, um, my first and last name, which I'm sure will be on the notes, dropped on the notes. Um, but aside from that, um, my social media is life with the eye on Instagram. I don't use TikTok. I have an account. I'm not <laughs> going to lie. I don't use it. Um, so I would say I'm most active on Instagram at life with the eye and then all things marketing. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. Nice. I, I just get TikTok just to watch videos. I don't really Yeah. <laughs> it's too much going on. I know I'll go into a rabbit hole. Oh, it's just it's overstimulating to me. I'm even though I'm I seem very extroverted, I'm pretty introverted. Um, and so anything that's overstimulating, I'm like, okay, too much. It's too much. It's too much. Yeah. Um, so any last minute pieces of advice, thoughts, or anything to share with our listeners? Um, as we wrap up our episode, cause this conversation was about, you know, I had to stop doing in again, like 24 year old version of myself. And I'm, I'm not perfect at this by any means, but I just stopped giving, um, or, or energy to negative situations in general. And I started fueling all of my energy into who I wanted to become. And so, you know, when I talk about like energy and like self-love, like, like bet on yourself, like put your energy into yourself as opposed to your external circumstances. Um, and, and that's how you really take away from being a victim, right? To being a victor. And it's really easy to be a victim. It's not easy to be a victor and taking control of your life. And it can be really scary, you know. Hey y'all, thanks for checking out this episode of the Stepping Into She podcast. Like and comment on this episode and let me know your thoughts after this conversation. And as always, subscribe to the Stepping Into She podcast so you can stay up to date on the most recent episodes as they drop. Lastly, if you have a woman in your life or know someone whose story can encourage, uplift, support, and inspire others, DM me on Instagram at Stepping Into She and let me know how I can contact them. I look forward to bringing more conversations of inspiration, support, and love to you all. Thank you.